You know, I, I love this time of year because most of you know I'm a sports guy. I love sports, and you've got NFL has started, college football is in full swing. We got postseason for Major League Baseball, and I just love it because there's always a game on somewhere, sometime, and I just, I just love that atmosphere. And one of the things I love most about it is all the hype that goes with it. College football has some of the absolute best. Oh, yeah, that's a little bit of hype. I love how college football gets hyped up and how they introduce their teams. And so I thought, maybe we should get a little hyped up today at church. If we get hyped up at a football game, maybe we can get hyped up at church. So I think it's time. Worcester Naz, put your hands together. Get ready to make some noise for your Worcester Naz pastors starting lineup. At five foot nothing, Sometimes she gets mistaken for one of the teens, but make no mistake, her heart is huge for Jesus and for students. Pastor Jordan McConnell, yeah. Our next starter, he may be one of the oldest youth pastors I know, but he never wearies of following the Lord and bringing young people and families along on the journey. Pastor Jeremy Stashoski. Our next pastor, we may not agree with the choice of teams that he follows, but there is absolutely no doubt that he loves to keep, he loves to teach people God's word and bring them along the journey as well. Pastor Sheldon Stoffer. I'm gonna give you five. Our next starter, we sometimes wonder how true the stories are that he tells about his mother. But let me tell you, it's 100% truth that he loves Jesus and reaching out to others. Give it up for Pastor Andrew Heller. Hey, 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 hey. And last but not least, over 28 years, he holds the record for the most hugs given on Sundays. And he's the guy who leads us all. Give it up for your senior pastor, Pastor Nathan Ward. <laughs> all right, team. All right. I'm going to switch mics now. Can you hear me now? They were afraid I might break the other mic doing that with this. Man, what a team we've got here. Man, do you love our team or what? Stay here, stay here, wait, stay here. Well, I know we've all got our teams, right? And regardless of how messed up some of the ones are that we root for. <laughs> Pastor Andrew, I love you. Jordan, I love you, Smithies. The rest of you, I'm not really sure. But, <laughs> but regardless, it's great to have teams, right? Um, we love to root for them. But I'm gonna ask today, have you ever been truly part of a team? Not just rooted for one, but been a part of a team. A team that you really clicked with, where there were genuine relationships and mutual caring for each other. 
where you had the same goal and were unified to reach it, not caring who got the credit or the glory, where everyone contributed to the best of their abilities and filled the role that they were best suited and gifted for, where you sacrificed for each other, putting the needs of your teammates and the team in general above your own, where it wasn't about what can I get, but instead what can I give. Well, that's the way I feel about this team, but not just this team of staff, it's the way I feel about this team. All of those of us that say, Worcester Naz is my church. Say it, my church. Yes, I love our team. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming out. Well, we're currently in a series entitled I Am a Child of God. And we've used the book I Am a Christian by Tom Rainer as inspiration for our series. And Pastor kicked it off last weekend talking about being a true believer and about our identity in Christ. And if our identity is in Christ, we don't just necessarily say I'm Christian, but we say I am a Christian, that I am a follower of Christ. And when we are a follower of Christ, we believe that there are certain things that should be evident in our lives. One of those things is being a, a team player, to use the sports language, but if we want to use church language, we might say being a member of the church or being an attender of the church. Being part of the team, the team of Jesus in general, we say his body, his church in general, but also this church, Worcester Naz. If we, can, if we compared it to uh, any sporting team that we liked, we might think of the NFL. The NFL in general could be compared to the church in general, the church of Jesus Christ, but then within that, there are, there are teams within that that church, within that organization. And so within the body of Christ, there are churches within the general church. There are teams, if you will. I want to go to Hebrews 10, verses 23 through 25. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews 10, 25, that last verse in the King James Version says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Assembling would mean a gathering together in one place and really that's what Worcester Naz is. That's what any local church really is. It's a gathering, it's an assembling of those who believe. In the book, I Am a, or I Am a Christian, Rainer says, Lone Ranger Christianity is not biblical Christianity. God gave us local churches to carry out his mission. It is his plan, it is his purpose. When Christians become committed church members, the church becomes healthy. When the church becomes healthy, communities become healthy. And when communities become healthy, the world is transformed. I don't know about you, but for me, that's a pretty positive uh, description of what the church should look like, what the local church should look like. And that's a team that I wanna be part of, and I hope that's a team that you wanna be part of as well. Because our main idea today is that we were created for connection. If you didn't know that, we were created to be together. The gathering of Jesus is a vital part of building genuine and essential relationships and making a positive impact for his kingdom, and he wants you to be on his team. 
He wants you to be part of that gathering. I'm gonna make a, a statement, and you may or may not agree with me, but I believe the local church is non-negotiable. As followers of Christ, as being part of his team, the local church, and not just this one, we believe that this is a good one. If I didn't, then I probably shouldn't be up here preaching to you. We believe this is a good one, but the local church in general, wherever you are, and you're all here, so that's good for you, but we believe that it is non-negotiable. Matthew 16, 18 says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means the rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's encouraging to me because that tells me that as I'm part of Team Jesus, as I'm part of his team and part of the local church, that even the powers of hell cannot conquer his church. They cannot stand against it. And so if you've ever played sports before, you know that when you step onto that field or onto that court, anything can happen. Even the best teams in the world lose at times. But this tells me that ultimately, when we're part of this team, we win. We win. And so that's, that's exciting. And the word church there is from Ecclesia, a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place or an assembly, a popular meeting, especially a religious congregation. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That's his church in general, the church of Jesus Christ, but it's also the local church. And I would also say that the New Testament does not have a plan for growing as Christians outside of the local church. The church is the plan. It is his plan. There's no doubt throughout, throughout the New Testament as we look through Acts all the way through Revelation that the local church was always supposed to be the place for believers to gather together, to grow together, to serve together, all of those things. And the assumption throughout the New Testament is that we will continuously and regularly gather with a local congregation for all of those things. You know, you can't separate our connection to the head of the church, which is Jesus, from our connection to the rest of the body, each other. We need both and. As we're connected to the head of the church, we need to be connected with the body. And being a member of a local church, regardless of what your opinion is on it, it's different than a lot of the other things that we might be members of or that we might belong to. It's not just a, a civic organization where we just go do good deeds. We do a lot of good deeds through the church, but that's not it. It's not a country club where we just go and fellowship and hang out with people that look like us and think like us and talk like us. No, the church is special because it's his idea. It's his gathering. And there's all these wonderful aspects that go along with the local church. And let me tell you about our local church here, Worcester Naz, if you've not heard the, the Worcester Naz statement of who we are. At Worcester Naz, we are passionate about loving God, loving people, and living transformed. We believe everything rises and falls on relationships. Hopefully, if you've been here a while, that's not a new, new idea to you. Our circle of influence expands in genuine and relational ways because any person is just one friend away from knowing and loving Jesus. Our laser focus is on gathering, linking, and thriving through NAS worship, NAS groups, serve teams, and our grow track. 
and everyone who connects with Worcester Naz will be exposed to love, hope, and a new life. We believe you belong at Worcester Naz. Does that sound like a team that you can be part of? That's why I'm here. I hope that's why you're here. Because as a team, those are the things that we believe in. We believe that for anybody that walks through these doors that wants to be a part of the, the team of Jesus and the team of Worcester Naz, that those are things that you can plan on. But just like with any team, a good team doesn't just automatically become a good team. And as I'm a member of a team, there are certain things that I, that I bring to that team or that that team even expects of me. So what we wanna talk about today just a little bit is as a member of this team, as a member of the Church of Jesus, what are the things that, that I should be bringing to the team? What are the things that are expected of me as, as a follower of Christ? What are some of the things maybe that, that should be evident in my life? So for you note takers, there's gonna be five of them if you wanna create space in your, your notebook right now. But five things as a, as a follower of Christ and as a part of a team of Worcester Naz that we think should be evident in our lives. First thing is that I am an attending church member. If you're gonna be on a team, you need to show up. Now, I'm gonna qualify this and say, I understand there are those that can't come and be part of a gathering. There are exceptions, there are things, realities, where we can't be here every single time. But in general, the rule should be that the gathering of Jesus should be a priority in our lives. Coming together with other believers for mutual encouragement, support, prayer, all those types of things, that should be a priority. I've never been part of any team where I could say, I am part of this team, but I don't show up for practices, I don't show up for games, I don't show up for team meals, but just because I say I'm part of the team, that makes me part of the team, no. It sounds so, it's so simple and you're like, duh, Joel, well, it's reality that to be part of the team, we have to show up. Church attendance today, being part of the gathering today is not what it used to be. It does not seem to be the priority that it was at one time. It's current statistic, a 2022 uh, survey, said that actually 31% of Americans never attend a church or a synagogue, and that only 20% of Americans attend every week. Showing up, being part of the gathering, is so essential. And we're shown that in Scripture. Acts 2, verses 44 and 46, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in the homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. They showed up. They showed up, not just for a checklist, not because they had to, because if they didn't, life was gonna end, but because they wanted to. Because they knew the power in the gathering. They knew the power that came when believers were shoulder to shoulder, walking out their faith journey, learning, connecting, being in a place to be transformed. One of our measures here in our, our vision frame is gathering. When we say measures, as, as, we're, 
as we're following Jesus, we say, what are some of the things that should be evident in our lives that shows that we're growing, that we're maturing in this walk with Jesus? One of those is simply gathering, that we're here for each other. There is such a need to be needed. And some people will even say, well, but, but I don't need the church. And I would debate with those that say that. I believe everybody does. They may just not realize it yet. But some people would say, I don't need the church. But to that, I would also say, but the church needs you. The church needs you. God created us for community. He created us to do this together. And because of that, there's a need for each and every unique person to be part of the team. I can, I can maybe fulfill my function, but it doesn't go as well if I don't have the person that's supposed to be next to me fulfilling their function and their role, using their gifts and their talents. We were created to be together. So the first thing as a team member is I need to show up. I need to be part of the gathering. The second thing is that I'm a serving team member. I'm a serving church member. Do you know the term member actually comes from the Bible? It's not just a, a secular world's definition. Let me jump into 1 Corinthians here. 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 17 says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, or I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? And then on to verses 25 and 26. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffers with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. Our role as church members really is to serve each other as we serve the Lord. And that word member comes from being part of the body. So when we say somebody, and, and we don't put a, a huge amount of emphasis on actual like church membership here, but we, we feel it's important, definitely without a doubt. But that word member means you're part of the body. It means you're part of, of what God's knitting together and putting together. You're a piece of the puzzle, if you will. And so it's such a, a key word when you think about it that way, that the body does not function right without all of its members, and you're one of them. So our role is to serve each other as we serve the Lord. Um, one of the things that we talk about here, we will be talking about here and later on in the series, is about finding your serve, finding where you, can, where you can contribute, where you can serve and use the giftings and talents that God has placed in you but we'll get into that a little bit later in our series. So we've gotta show up, we've gotta be part of the gathering. I'm a serving church member, I'm, I'm here to serve each other as we serve the Lord. A third aspect of being part of the team is that I'm a praying member of the team, I'm a praying church member. Around here that happens a lot of different ways. We've started using the phrase now, pray now, right? If you've been here for a while, you know that phrase and we pray now on Mondays, or sometimes even we have Pray Now Sundays. There are Pray Now pop-ups that are happening around town. 
There are prayer pods that are happening now, and one of the things that I like the best is there's just pray now moments that happen in these halls, in this place, in the community where we're at. Not just saying, I will be praying for you, but taking time to stop and pray now. And why do we pray? Because we need to have dialogue with him. We need to have dialogue with the Lord. And if you'll permit me to say even, we could think of it as if I'm on a team, I've got to have communication with the coach to know the game plan and to know how to carry that out. When I'm part of the, a follower of Christ, I need to have communion and communication with the coach, with the Lord, so he can speak into me how he wants me to carry out his game plan, how I fit into that. And prayer's that avenue, prayer's that communication channel with him. And that's why we, we encourage, and the word tells us that we're to be in prayer constantly, right? It's not just a one-time thing before meal or before bed or in the morning, although I encourage, and encourage you to do all those, but it's an ongoing communication. Always trying to be in tune with him, in tune with him through the spirit to know what's my next step. Lord, what do you have for me? How do you want to use what you've placed in me to help further your kingdom here on earth? Prayer aligns our hearts with God and it, it helps us to receive his guidance. Through prayer, we can also address our needs and our concerns and it, it gives us the strength to keep on fighting. You know, sometimes when you're on a team, it's a, it's a battle, right? If you watched any of the games yesterday, there's battles going on on the, on the fields and on the courts. Well, there's spiritual battle that's happening as well. And as members of the team, we need to be praying not just for ourselves, but interceding for each other. So as we're part of the gathering, prayer is a key part of that. Another aspect of being part of the team is to be a giving team member or a giving church member. And honestly, I know there is much debate about giving to the church and being focused on being required to do it rather than we're blessed to give. And I hope, I hope those of you here today that understand that, that when, we, when we give to the church, when we give to the gathering, when we're giving to the team, if you will, that it's a blessing and not just this requirement or this weight. Because it's part of his design and he knows that as we give, that's when we're truly, truly blessed. Let me read this to you from Malachi 3.10. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. That's the one place where God says, put me to the test. Now, Worcester Naz, we believe in the biblical teaching of the return of the tithe, that's 10% of the income that we bring in, and then also the giving of offering, offerings above and beyond that. And those of you that know me and you've heard my testimony know I could spend another 45 minutes talking about my testimony of how the Lord moved and worked in me through being a lover of money and realizing that giving was so much more of a blessing than hoarding and following his principles. And so when he says, put me to the test, I put him to the test and let me tell you, he's faithful. 
And I'll go toe-to-toe with any of you because you can't tell me otherwise because I've lived it. But it's not just giving of our finances, it's giving of our time and our talents and sometimes even our tears. But if I'm gonna be on a team with somebody, I want somebody that's willing to invest in that team. I don't wanna be on a team with somebody that is expecting everybody else to carry the load. I want somebody that's invested, that buys in, that wants to be part of it in every way. 2 Corinthians 9 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Giving is such a blessing. Such a blessing. And it says right here that it's not so much about the amount, it's about the heart. And we can, we can read stories and scripture about that. It's not about the how much, it's about the heart and who I'm serving as I do that. So giving is another aspect of being part of the team. And then finally, the last part, or the last point I want to hit today on being part of the team is being a unifying team member. A unifying team member. 1 Corinthians 13, most of us know that as the love chapter. And if you've been to many weddings at all, you've heard that 1 Corinthians 13 oftentimes spoken at weddings. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, three things will last forever faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Did you know that Paul wrote that famous chapter, those famous words, to address conflict and selfishness in the church at Corinth? He didn't write that to be used in a wedding, although it's appropriate for that too. He wrote it to the church because there was a lack of unity. Because within the church, there had been conflict and selfishness that had crept in and was destroying the unity. And how many, how many of you know Satan hates unity in the church? He hates it, which is all the more reason for us to fight for it. All the more reason for us to fight for it. I'm gonna ask those of the, the team that were up here before to come on, make your way back up here. You notice that when they first came through here, they all had the jerseys on of the teams that they root for personally. They've all got it bent, right or wrong, towards certain teams. And that's okay, because that, that represents the local church, that represents the church in general real well. Because we're made up of all different kinds of people, right? All different personalities, characteristics, backgrounds, certain bents and leadings and guidings and sometimes even agendas. But if you notice, they came back up here on the platform now, all being unified. Underneath all those other jerseys and 
if there's a way I could have done it without ripping my microphone apart, I would have had my Michigan jersey on just for all of you today. I couldn't figure out how to do it without making a fool of myself. Um, not, no, yeah, whatever. Whatever, hey, go blue. That's, but, yeah, I'm gonna turn my, night, my mic off next and then they're all gonna get fired. There'll be one less person on the team next week. No, yeah, no. But we all, we all come in here with our own, our own uniqueness, right? We've got different stuff we deal with and all that. But when it comes down to it, we've got unity in the body of Christ. We've got unity about Worcester Nazarene in this place. As pastor says so often, we know we don't say we're better than anybody else, but we gotta be pretty high up on the shelf because we've got no excuse not to be. And the, that's the reason for that, the reason why this is such a wonderful life-giving place that so many people wanna come to is because of unity. Because not just those of us up here that call ourselves staff, not just because of board or, or ministry leaders, but because all of us, we're going after one purpose, one mission, and one goal, and that's to love God and love each other and continue to be transformed, right? Thank you guys for coming back up here for helping me out this morning. In Ephesians, Ephesians chapter four, he says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And then again in Philippians two, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. It doesn't mean we're all exactly the same. It doesn't even mean that we all agree all the time. But it means that we've got one purpose and one goal, and that's to glorify the Lord as we pursue him together with each other. And that's God's design for us for growth and maturity in our faith is that we come alongside other believers in Christ. We encourage, we support, we pray, we lift each other up. We might even joke with each other a little bit and have some fun along the way. But the local church, the local body, and it, it may not look like this with four walls everywhere, but a gathering of Jesus, a gathering of believers that regularly come together, that are part of a team together, that are pursuing Christ, that's what God designed for us. So it's not these legalistic rules. It's about God loving us enough to know that that's what's best for us. And he gave us that design. He gave us that example so that we could experience his best together. Disunity in a church is toxic and dangerous. And unfortunately, there are probably those of you in this room that have experienced that somewhere along the way. Those online that are watching that have experienced that somewhere, somehow. And I'm sorry for that. But God designed for us to be in unity together, 
Not all exactly the same, but in unity, pursuing him. So as we wrap up today, the main idea is that God built us for community. He built us for relationship. And the gathering of Jesus, the local church, if you will, is a vital part of building these genuine and essential relationships with each other. This week I was talking with somebody about this message and this person sent me a text knowing that I was preparing and and trying to bring this together to share with you today. And the text goes like this. This person said, us connecting with people truly helped us to connect with God and to grow in relationship with Jesus. We were church shopping and didn't even have a personal relationship with him. How in the world would we have known what we were looking for? But God knew exactly what, he, what we needed. He connected us to a people who connected us to him. Everything, everything does rise and fall in relationships and unity is one of those things. It was here where we learned what it means to be unified in faith and service. I'm overwhelmed with gratefulness to be serving the Lord here at Worcester Nass. Signed, Lisa Yates. That's my wife. I can preach about this today because I've lived it. I lived it. Knew all about Jesus my whole life. But it was a connection with his body. It was a connection here at Worcester Naz that made not just a difference, made the eternal difference. And I don't want anybody else out there to miss the eternal difference that the local gathering of Jesus can make in their lives. And when we come together, when we make it a priority to gather together, when we make it a priority to give together, to serve together, to pray together and to be unified, it becomes very attractive to those out there who don't even know what they're looking for. And they step into it and God changes their story and he does the rest. We just continue to try and live it out. To try and live it out and walk in our imperfection and all our flaws together, but continuing to do it in unity for his glory. I'm gonna invite you to stand, if you will. I'm gonna pray. The band's gonna finish with our theme song for this series, I Am a Child of God. Some of you today may wanna make that choice to be part of his team, first and foremost. You may have not said yes to Jesus. You may have been keeping him at a distance. You may have been a little skeptical. Today. Who knows, today may be the first time you've ever heard about Jesus. But can I tell you, he wants you to be part of his team. He wants you to to join his team. And whether that's through Worcester Naz or some other local gathering, he wants you to be part of it. He wants you to make it a priority. He wants you to invest in it. He wants you to come alongside others because that's how he's gonna continue to transform and change us from the inside out. So some of you may wanna come and, and pray today We've got a team of people that would be happy to come alongside you if you want some assistance with that. 
then for those of us that have already said yes to Jesus, maybe we just need to take some inventory today. How are we doing with these things? Is the priority a gathering? Am I committed to unity? Am I serving? Am I spending time praying in communion with the coach? All those things, because that's what he wants for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for your word, for the challenge of it, and for the hope that it brings. And as we've gathered here today in this gathering, I pray it's been like a pep rally for your team. That it's not, it's not taken as condemnation or heavy handed, but it's taken that there's hope as we come alongside you, Lord. There's hope as we surrender to doing it your way because your way is best. So Lord, draw us into you. Draw us into your team to be all in because we say, I am a child of God. Therefore, I'm on your team. And I love you, Lord. I know you love me. I thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.